The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Where the hell am I? I was kidnapped and brought here. I'd like to help you on your way, but you'll have to cooperate. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be If there's one clear message Canadians should take away from the arrest of Maxime Bernier last week in Manitoba, it is that the entire lockdown, lockdown, stock and barrel, is all about political ideology, and in particular, the ideology of the left. We'll explain why right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links and our archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Well, Robert, many have called the arrest of a federal political party leader, Maxime Bernier of the People's Party of Canada, as one of the darkest days in Canadian history. Would you agree? Oh, most certainly. I think it's unprecedented. I don't know, going back in history, that any major political leader has been arrested in Canada for defending and trying to exercise his charter rights. I I just can't think of any, can you? Not really, although, you know, you could say he's joined the ranks of provincial MPP uh, in Ontario, Randy Hillier, but he hasn't gone to jail yet or anything, has he, as far as I know? Not Uh, to my knowledge, no. But many of them have been ticketed and fined, and other political representatives of what is ostensibly the right, and as well as several Christian pastors who have been jailed, and who all seem to be very specifically targeted as leaders resisting the lockdowns. And, you know, and on the protest front, you can gather a crowd in any size for any left-wing cause, racism, protesting Gaza, Black Lives Matter, climate change, or any cause that restricts individual freedom and opposes capitalism, and the authorities will leave you alone. I mean, the sheer audacity and self-evident bias of the enforcement of the law only adds insult to the injury of, of the illegitimate laws themselves. You know, where are we going with this? Well, I did a, an interview with Salim Mansur, former PPC candidate, friend of Just Right Media, of course, for many years. And that was posted to our Just Right Media YouTube channel and our Rumble channel on Sunday. And in it, he uh, is quoted as saying, We are no longer an advanced liberal democracy, that is Canada. We have rapidly, over the past 15 months, turned into some third world country, basically an animal farm, a totalitarian animal farm where there are one set of laws for me and another set of laws for you. He's absolutely right. Canada is quickly becoming the laughing stock of the entire world. The entire world other than Canada is starting to open up. A lot of places never even closed down. Some states, for example, in the United States, uh, we see states like Texas and um, Florida completely gone back to normal. 
and their supposed COVID PCR case numbers are way down compared to Canada. And uh, places like Denmark, I think last week, removed all laws regarding the wearing of masks. And yet here we have Canada with some of the most draconian, totalitarian, dictatorial, despotic laws in the world. I mean, given our history as a classical, liberal, commonwealth nation where the rule of law was objectively applied across the board, uh, to go from that to now where people can't cross provincial borders, people returning to the country, Canadians who are who proven themselves healthy with negative PCR tests on COVID, still have to quarantine. You know, we see forced mask wearing, even uh, on, on the streets here in New Brunswick, where I am at the moment, uh, people have to wear masks whenever, other, whenever they may come in contact with another person. And that includes outside in, uh, on the sidewalk. And You're it kidding. is just absolutely draconian, despotic, unwarranted, unscientific. And the only explanation I can give is conspiratorial. But as we've seen recently, a lot of the conspiracies are absolutely true. And that is the Great Reset. We've heard about it before from the Club of Rome saying that humanity is a problem to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab saying that you will own nothing and you will be happy to Justin Trudeau um, pushing the Great Reset, you know, to build back better. You know, every leader in the world, except, of course, for China and a few of the other really despotic nations, um, just chiming, oh, we'll build back better. And this, this is the conspiracy theory that I think that people really have to understand is not a conspiracy when they openly tell you that they are out to destroy your freedoms, to destroy individuality, to destroy nationhood, to destroy the West. Um, it's no longer a conspiracy. It's an actuality. We're witnessing I, I don't. I don't even know why we're still playing the COVID game. It is so absurd to its core from day one. I mean, Canada is the shining example of hypocrisy variants, all kinds of them. And it's just glaring almost to the point of laughter. I mean, the idea that the political opposition, you know, the only political opposition, by the way, to the parties in Parliament, and the leader of which is, is Maxime Bernier, can be arrested and locked up for politically opposing the very law under which Canadians are being arbitrarily, immorally, and unjustly arrested and locked up is pretty much a nail in the coffin of not really even of a free nation anymore, but even just a democratic one that's socialistic or communistic. The lockdowns, and along with their attendant vaccine BS propaganda, are without doubt the biggest issues facing us. And it's the issue that no one wants to discuss. And of course, this is all driven by the left. You and I, Robert, have been referring to the left as a death cult, and, it, and they just demonstrate it day in, day out, day in, day out. And You know, I don't know that Canada can ever recover from this now that uh, it has happened, that a political leader has been arrested for his political viewpoints by the RCMP. Um, it reminds me of Augusto Pinochet in Chile in the 73, where he threw his political opponents out of helicopters. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, they did recover. And now they're, now they're actually one of the freer nations and most capitalistic nations in South America. But Canada, this is a blight on our history. 
And I, I agree, but I, I'm not that pessimistic. Maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic about this because I think that once the truth comes out and people see what they're really dealing with, that maybe we can put this behind us because this has been building for decades. Okay, we just finally reached the point that we've been predicting for decades, Robert, and no one else can see it. And, th and I think this period of time, this whole pandemic, has been the eye-opener for a lot of people, even though there's a lot of zombies still walking around thinking that this is all about some kind of virus, which is, which is laughable to me. Oh, yes. No, and you're right. And whether the truth comes out or not, I guess, is dependent upon who writes the history books, of course. And the papers of record, and this is very important, for example, Globe Mail, National Post, um, national newspapers, um, chains, they're the papers of record. A hundred years from now, people, when they want to find out what happened in 2020, 2021, um, they're going to go back to these newspapers and see what the reporters were reporting on. And if they do, they will be getting only one side of the story. As a matter of fact, it would be a distorted false narrative that's being pushed out there by the press. Uh, just to give you an example, um, CTV Winnipeg, um, a young reporter, was giving his report on the arrest of Maxime, and he said that Maxime is being represented by the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, a right-wing organization. Now, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom um, is made up of journalists and lawyers and dignitaries, all reputable people. And for this young cub of a reporter to call it a right-wing organization, a pejorative to be sure, it's certainly not descriptive, that in and of itself should be pause for real concern about the state of journalism and how the future is going to uh, read this story here because they'll go back and say oh Maxime Bernier represented by a right-wing organization of course right-wing is a nasty term by the press by the press and so they're going to, have to consider Maxime who's already been smeared as racist and you name it by the press they're going to look at this as a non-event and of course they'll gloss over it well, it's funny you say that because I think the reporter's correct. It is a right. I wouldn't put wing on it, but it's on the right because the right is what represents freedom and the left represents totalitarianism. Yes, and but if, I, of course, I'm just saying that from his point of view, right wing denotes racism. It well, denotes no, Nazism, and that's what he's trying right. to get across. But anyway, it was interesting, Robert, that you referred to the papers of record, which I, ironically... I have been collecting a bag full of National Post London Free Press here in in London where I'm, you know, that's the paper of record here. But I'm collecting it as a record of pure propaganda. I'm not for a minute taking it seriously. And I think the, the history, the true record of history will be shows like this, will be all the other bloggers who are covering the accuracy of the event and then comparing it to those so-called papers of record, which I can't even see surviving into the future unless we continue in this totalitarian regime. That's, the only, that's their only ticket to survival. Um, I, I would only hope that you're right that shows like ours um, will survive into the future, but uh, I just understand like two days ago, Conrad Black wrote an excellent piece in the National Post, which more or less 
outlines what we've been saying all the time, not just about the COVID thing and the lockdowns, but also climate change. And, and you have Rex Murphy, another voice of sanity out there. But these people are like one in a thousand. They will get lost. Their voices will get lost by the fake uh, narrative that's being pushed out there, the government narrative. So I, you're, a guy, you're a glass half full guy. I'm a glass virtually empty guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Afternoon, sir. Yeah. Purple yes. Park with the RCMP. Yeah. I can get you step out of the vehicle. I'm going to place you under arrest right now. Yeah. Right now, you're under arrest under the uh, provincial health orders. Okay, so if you could just put your hands behind your back, face towards the vehicle. Okay, put, give me one hand here. I'll get you to stay in the vehicle, okay? Thank yep. you. The other hand. Do you have any weapons or anything on you, sir? Weapon? No, no weapon. Only, anything on you only that's my hurt words. Me or anything. anything like that? Sorry? Anything on you that's going to hurt me or anything like that? No, no, okay. anything will hurt you. Only my words, only my philosophy, only what I believe in. Okay. All right, come on over this way. I'll explain a few things to you here right away. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. I don't know what Canada has turned into. For those of you who don't know, today, Friday, June 11th, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, the PPC, was arrested by the RCMP in Manitoba, apparently, allegedly, for breaching the public health orders of Manitoba. Maxime Bernier and the PPC are, by all accounts, the only political party that have been systematically and consistently opposing these draconian unconstitutional lockdown measures. And Maxime Bernier has been doing what he's called the Mad Max tour, where he's been touring the country interprovincially to promote the political party, the message to hold rallies. He had a leg of the tour that was going through Manitoba. Manitoba, to say that it is on uh, strict lockdown measures would be an understatement of the decade. He has a leg going through Manitoba, and apparently he received a letter from the chief medical, what are the chief health officer, whatever, of Manitoba saying, if you travel and come into Manitoba, interprovincially, from within Canada, you have to quarantine for two weeks. This is interprovincial travel within the country of Canada that he would be required to quarantine for two weeks. We have a constitution, uh, and it uh, guarantees certain rights, one of which is interprovincial travel. He was told that he'd have to quarantine for two weeks if he went to Manitoba. He said in Twitter world, no, I will not be sacrificing my constitutional rights by quarantining for two weeks. And he went on with this leg of the tour. Now, the premier of Manitoba, for those of you who don't know, his name is uh, Brian Pallister. Uh, in a video, which I'll show you in a second, stated to the press that if Maxime Bernier comes, he'd better respect the public health orders. He's already light in the wallet, which I now know means that he has been fined by Manitoba. I didn't know what the expression meant. And then Pallister says that he will not be directly involved in law enforcement, as he shouldn't be. As if, with the wink-wink, nudge-nudge of what is the world of political corruption, he would have to be directly involved in order for any Manitoban authorities to know exactly what Pallister's wishes and desires are in all of this. But he says he won't be directly involved, whatever that means. 
I guess it implicitly means he'll be indirectly involved. Maxim Bernier is supposed to be touring the province and holding events uh, Friday through Sunday this week. Um, how is the province going to handle these numerous gatherings that are going to be set up along his tour? Well, he's violating the public health orders. He's going to be light in the pocketbook. And uh, I'd suggest that he uh, not violate the public health orders. But, of course, I'm not going to be directly involved in the enforcement, nor should I be. And lo and behold, uh, Maxime Bernier goes to Manitoba to do the leg of the Mad Max tour. He gets ticketed by the RCMP. There was a video of that on Twitter. And then there's a video of him getting arrested by the RCMP on Twitter. And it's, it's remarkable, it's remarkable that we are living in a Canada that is locking up pastors, literally, that is fining political adversaries, literally, and that is now arresting political adversaries, literally, for conducting political rallies for interprovincial travel, where in Florida, wide open for business. In Texas, baseball game, 38,000 tickets sold. The rest of the world is opening up and Canada is locking up pastors and now politicians and simultaneously allowing vigils, exceptionally allowing vigils uh, as a result of that horrendous act of violence coming out of London, Ontario. And don't anyone get me wrong in what I'm saying. The biggest and most disgusting thing the government ever did in this lockdown was deprive people of their ability to mourn and to grieve and to conduct the most fundamentally human thing, which is to grieve the loss of our loved ones. That is the most inhumane thing the government has done from the beginning, and I've been vocal about that. The idea that the government has prohibited people from conducting funerals, from mourning the losses of their loved ones, it's dehumanizing. After listening to the audio recording of the arrest of Maxime Bernier in St. Pierre Jolis in Manitoba, I'm struck. I'm absolutely struck by how calm he was in the video and his words. Specifically, when the, when the uh, RCMP officer said, you know, anything on you that's going to hurt uh, hurt me or anything like that? Well, first of all, what a stupid question. <laughs> and, and Maxime comes back with, no, nothing, nothing that will hurt you, only my words, only my philosophy, only what I believe in. My God, what a calm, cool, collected man, you know, being arrested. Here, here he is. He used to be a cabinet minister in the Harper government, world-traveled, representing Canada as a foreign minister on, on the world stage. And here's the RCMP, who at one point in time would have been his bodyguard, arresting him under some bogus health rule. I, 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 don't th I, I think the very reason he's being arrested is because he is a weapon. Maxime is a weapon. Words are the weapon. Words are the very things that all these totalitarians right across the board are terrified of. The pen that's is why mightier they, than the sword. Totally, totally. And that's why I, I'm a glass half full guy. Because obviously they're terrified of the truth. And every time someone comes out and says the truth, and it is the truth, hello, it is the truth, hello, 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 I mean... Come on. That's what they're terrified of. And they're arresting a guy. I understand there were f less than 15 people present when they came to arrest Maxime. Well, and he was arrested in his vehicle after leaving the event. Um, the event oh, okay. was only in a little tiny town. And you're right, there was only about 15 or more people there. So uh, hardly a threat. 
<laughs> you know, they, they, say, they say fear is the virus. I think fear is the weapon. That's the weapon that they're using. It's not a virus. You can play with that word. But I think fear is what they're creating as their weapon against words. And against they are, words. They are running scared of that philosophy, and, and they know they're on the wrong side. I'll give you an example. In a newspaper here in uh, New Brunswick, it's the King's County Record, my local rag, uh, <laughs> there's an article there by a Savannah Odd, of a legislature bureau in Fredericton, and she's, uh, she's quoting Minister of Justice Ted Fleming. Now, they're introducing a bill here called Bill 54, which proposes, get this, immunity for anyone who enforce pandemic laws. Immunity. And she says that the bill would protect, for example, public safety officers stopping people at the New Brunswick border, even after those laws are no longer in effect. We can't have a whole lot of... Now, this is a quote of, by, Ted, by Fleming, right? Quote, we can't have a whole lot of people suing public safety and the government because their rights were infringed, and they were. There's no mistake about it. That's exactly what they were, unquote. So here you have uh, the Orwellian-titled Minister of Justice d denying justice, preempting justice by extending the immunity part of the Emergency Act here in New Brunswick. The Emergency Act does apparently already absolve people from violating people's rights, but they're going to extend that when the Emergency Act is um, repealed. I shouldn't say repealed, but is no longer in effect because it has to be voted on every two weeks or signed by the uh, Premier Blaine Higgs every two weeks. So they are absolutely telling you point blank. Again, it's right in your face, no conspiracies. They're violating your rights, they say so. They're going to cover their tracks, they're going to protect those brown shirts of theirs who were violating their rights in their name. Disgusting. Well, it, it tells me too that, you know, the confidence of people like Maxime Bernier or all the other people who are been getting arrested. By the way, Kevin J. Johnson, you know, the Calgary mayor-elect, yes. simply arrested and locked away without due process and put in solitary confinement. These guys all know that what everybody's doing is against the law, and they seem to be operating with some level of confidence that if their cases ever get to court, that they will be found not guilty, as has been happening with those cases that have already gone that far. So... I don't know how this situation can possibly work out because, I mean, the con continuing to press a fascist agenda based on a viral pandemic which can't be supported by any objective evidence is so outrageously offensive, it's reprehensible, it's unconscionable, that to not see that we are experiencing a crime against humanity on a scale never before experienced is, is willful blindness, is willful hatred. I mean, it's unbelievable. Nuremberg 2.0 can't come too soon for me, I'll tell you. Yeah, and, and when you have somebody like the Justice Minister outright telling you that he is violating and their government is violating your rights and they're guilty, and but we're going to have immunity because we're going to pass a law, that just doesn't absolve them anymore. Right? They can't plead ignorance anymore. They can't say oops. They can't say that it was for the betterment of society, when of course the betterment of society is that people have their rights and they're inviolable. Right? No law overarches the Charter of Rights and the Constitution. That speaks to evil. 
This is almost the pure definition of evil. Willingly, knowingly hurting people, violating their individual rights. That, that's just pure evil. Well, no question. There are so many issues. It's not just what the police are doing, too. It's what they're not doing. And this, again, comes back to hypocrisy, uh, pure and unadulterated. And beyond the arrest, we see small and medium businesses constantly shut down, controlled, limited in their ability to do business, while crony businesses carry on unimpeded. How is that possibly related to stopping a viral spread? Right? Whenever anybody on the right, and when it is the right, gets out and protests against the lockdowns, against injustice, for freedom, they are constantly shut down. They are arrested. Meanwhile, we have a vigil here in London over the tragic issue that happened with the Muslim family that got killed in that car incident. Hundreds of people, Ford gives them permission to all get together. Apparently the virus doesn't spread among Muslims. Never have I heard of a single Muslim being arrested or being accused of being responsible for spreading the virus. How is that possible, Robert? Well, not only that, they have been going to their mosque unimpeded. There's video out there. You won't find this on, of course, CBC, CTV, or Global, or any other mainstream fake news media. But uh, citizen reporters are out there with their cell phones recording jammed, packed parking lots at mosques across the country. They're not touched. They are untouchable. While Christian churches, of course, they are locked down and arrested ministers and, and pri priests. Not only that, the, the police are seen directing traffic in and out of those parking lots. Yeah, they're I, I complicit. Mean, that, completely. And yet if it's a Christian... And, and did you see what, ha what was going on in Montreal there? They're rounding up all the Jews at night. It, it is unfreaking believable well, how blatantly Nazi-like all of this is. So no wonder they are projecting that label onto those of us who are resisting. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, if you go back to some of the rebel TV news coverage in Montreal during their lockdown and curfews, you had reporters out there and they... Um, I don't know if it was the Montreal police or the Sûreté de Québec came up to them and, and one woman officer said, are you the Jew media? Can you yeah. believe it? Here we are 75 years after Auschwitz and we have these thugs wearing guns on their sides approaching media, you know, basically saying that you're Jews. Uh, I just, it's unfathomable. It really uh, beggars belief. I just don't understand it. Well, we do understand it. That's, that's the true. Problem. I mean, that's that's a flippant answer of mine. It's just like I just <laughs> what, I'm just so what, lost at a loss for words. He says, speaking for an hour on the topic, <laughs> that yeah. you know, it is just it's just oh, I'm just so upset over the whole darn thing. The way this country has gone down the toilet. in the realm of science. We're not in the realm of constitution. We are in the realm of a country that has descended into tyrannical madness and that justifies draconian rules for some and exceptions for others. Exceptions as if, as if the citizens of any country should need an exception to mourn loss. 
as if they should need an exception to exercise their most fundamental, their most basic constitutional rights and liberties. And that is where we are. And it's not only where we are, there are people out there who say, you just have to follow the rules, to which I want to say, awesome, now do Rosa Parks. Now do all of these other egregious violations of human rights throughout the history of government and say all they had to do was follow the rules. We are in a world now where the numbers could not possibly justify what is going on. But we are in Canada where we are restricting interprovincial travel. We are restricting freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, political rights, religious rights, and we're actually locking people up, locking up religious people, locking up politicians for violating these rules while simultaneously allowing vigils at which thousands of people attend and at which leaders of all political parties give speeches to these thousands of people. It is a dark, dark day for Canada. And it's, I always say, you know, it's gotta be darkest, what is it, it's darkest before the dawn? I don't know what the expression is right now, but it's been getting progressively darker. It's going to get lighter at some point in time, but people have to know what is going on here. This is, this is beyond the pale of what anyone could have fathomed. I mean, we've, we've already gotten to a point where if you had asked anyone, me, two years ago, could you ever imagine a world in which the government would tell you when you could leave your house for a virus with the lethality of what we know COVID has now? I would have never said they would have done it in the first place, let alone under such circumstances. And now we're in a world where people have willingly allowed the government to lock them in their homes, shut down their businesses, and we're getting into a world now where interprovincial travel might be predicated on vaccine passports for emergency authorization use vaccines that are not FDA approved, for which immunity has been given to the manufacturers, and people are like, just follow the rules. All Maxime had to do was not hold that rally in front of, I'm not saying this to be demeaning, it wasn't a massive rally. It was 20, 30 people outdoors. And you just get the police just doing their jobs, just enforcing the rules. It's a dark day. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, but uh, you know, if nothing else, maybe now people are going to see that we've gone just a touch too far. Maybe people are going to see right now that as far as it goes in Canada, you have a liberal government by name, you have a conservative government by name, you have an NDP government by name. And between the three of them, nobody cares about the Constitution, nobody cares about civil rights, nobody cares about practical, logical governance. What they care about is imposing draconian rules that they can apply willy-nilly to whomever they want and apply exemptions to whomever they want. Whether it's for a vigil in London, Ontario, or for giving the hockey team an exemption from the quarantine hotels that they impose on any other international travel. When you, when you have idiotic rules and arbitrary exceptions, you have no logical rule in the first place. And these illogical rules are fundamentally unconstitutional in the first place. Viva Rant, I'm sorry. I'm sorry things will get better or they won't get better. I, I, I don't know where to leave it. Um, peace. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And you mentioned earlier, Robert, that we are in a situation where all of this nonsense that's going on and, and you know, trying to make themselves immune to their actions is, is all justified by having this state of emergency. And it struck me, when you, when you hit that word, 
I was reminded of the essay by Ayn Rand in her book, The Virtue of Selfishness, and there's a chapter entitled The Ethics of Emergencies, and it has four basic points that are very striking and I think apply to this whole situation. And let me share that with you just briefly. And this is all about altruism, too, and I quote, The psychological results of altruism may be observed in the fact that a great many people approach the subject of ethics by asking such questions as, should one risk one's life to help a man who is A, drowning, B, trapped in a fire, C, stepping in front of a speeding truck, D, hanging by his fingernails over an abyss? Consider the implications of that approach. And of course, today it would be looking after your fellow citizen so he doesn't get a virus, right? You gotta, you're the one that has to wear the mask and, and lock yourself away. And she goes, if a man accepts the ethics of altruism, he suffers the following consequences in proportion to the degree of his acceptance. One, a lack of self-esteem, since the first concern of the realm of values is not how to live his life, but how to sacrifice it. Two, lack of respect for others. And man, are we seeing that. Since he regards mankind as a herd of doomed beggars crying for someone's help. Three, a nightmare view of existence. Since he believes that men are trapped in a malevolent universe where disasters are a constant and primary concern of their lives. And four, in fact, a lethargic indifference to ethics, a hopelessly cynical amorality, since his questions involve situations which he's not likely ever to encounter, which bear no relation to the actual problems of his own life, and thus leave him to live without any moral principles whatsoever. End quote. Does that or does that not describe the circumstances we're dealing with today? Oh, perfectly, especially the uh, three and four because yeah. if you think about it, what is the um, press always talking about? What are the news items? They're always fear. Fear sells. Fear yep. sells. So they have to create fear. They have to create a crisis. Remember John Snowblin, the Minister of Education under the Harris government in Ontario, said we have to create a crisis in education. And that's what the newspaper and that's what politicians always do. If it was always normality the status quo. People wouldn't buy newspapers, people wouldn't watch the CTV news or the news at six or whatever. And also, Hollywood would be almost out of business. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I come back to the statement that fear is the weapon. She makes another point, too, that I should have added, and I quote here again, by elevating the issue of helping others into the central and primary issue of ethics, Altruism has destroyed the concept of any authentic benevolence or goodwill among men. It has indoctrinated men with the idea that to value another human being is an act of selflessness, thus implying that a man can have no personal interest in others, that to value another means to sacrifice oneself, that any love, respect, or admiration a man may feel for others is not and cannot be a source of his own enjoyment, but is a threat to his existence, a sacrificial blank check signed over to his loved ones, end quote. And I think of all the people who have not been allowed to value their loved ones, who, who couldn't attend the funerals of, of dying parents in hospitals. This crime is of such a monumental size, it's, it's difficult to even speak about it, Robert. It is. And, you know, when you're talking about things in that of that nature, it, it sort of makes me 
think about the state of the Western world post-World War II. Like after 1945, after the Nuremberg 1.0 trials and the culprits were properly hanged, what happened in the following generation from 1945 to say about 65, a 20 year period? You were a young boy at that time. I was just born in, in, in the 60s, but I, I got the tail end of it. But what was it? In the United States and Canada, it was an era of prosperity, of happiness. The baby boom happened. Why did the baby boom happen? Well, I mean, just think of biology, right? You know exactly why the baby boom happened. People were happy. They were marrying. They were having kids. They were having families. You know, a chicken in every pot, a car in every driveway. There was productivity. There was a fantastic surge of happiness directly after perhaps some of the worst atrocities in the world were discovered, and it happened during World War II. Two atomic bombs blowing up two cities in, in Japan, rightfully so, I have to say. What happened in uh, the concentration camps in Germany was being revealed to the horror of the world. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people dead from conflict and violence. And after that period, there was like a release valve, I think. And people saw once again how humanity can be I mean, sure, it had a problem. It had its problems, the 50s and 60s, but by and large, the overall mood of Western society was one of optimism, one of prosperity and productivity. I felt it growing up. You know, I had such great optimism for the world, and that's all been dashed away again by the same people who began the Second World War. The fascists yeah. and the communists, the people who are the collectivists, the people who are the altruists, or at least playing on altruism, the psychopaths who take over. And, and it's just uh, so disgraceful that here we are in the twilight years of our lives, you and I, Bob, having to, to remind people of how good it could be if only you'd get rid of this stupid nonsense of collectivism. The individual is supreme. The individual is an end unto himself. And he shouldn't have to sacrifice his life for anybody. Yeah, but, but talking philosophy to somebody who is terrified of a virus <laughs> is almost like you can see their eyes glaze over. What are you talking about? Put your mask on, you know? And, and they're totally oblivious to all the other influences going around us, especially the China influence. And, and, and I can't speak to this too strongly. I mean, here we have in Canada we've discovered the connections to Wuhan from one of the bio labs that we have in, in Western Canada. We've heard Trudeau's publicly stated admiration of Chinese dictatorships, specifically the dictatorship. We have right here in London, Ontario, Robert, Chinese military pilots training in jet aircraft in our skies, as Rebel Media reported. And that's a fact, that's been documented to say nothing of the blatant and clear Chinese dictatorship tactics that are being used in Canada against the citizens themselves. I mean, that should have every Canadian marching in the streets, but no, COVID. I mean, <laughs> the, the fact that something as minor as that, as I said, I, couldn't, I, I still cannot think of a single reason to justify any lockdown. Not a nuclear war attack, not a hurricane coming, certainly not any kind of viruses. And the more we learn about viruses, I'm realizing the less we know. You know, even in the history of it, you go back to the, the Spanish flu, that story has never been told properly. 
No, and again, it's because, actually part of the story was because of censorship. It was called the Spanish flu because Spain, not not in the war at the time, didn't have any censorship. So any news of this virus that was coming out and the illness and people dying was only in Spain, even though it was all over the Western world, all over the world as a matter of fact. Yep. But Spain was the one reporting on it, so they, they call it the Spanish flu. <laughs> you know, again, yeah, a censorship. Lot of, lot of, a lot of people don't realize that. The, the flu had already been spread around the world. And, and I'm convinced, too, that whatever we're calling, which was originally the SARS-CoV-2 virus, I, I can't believe that, that word's gone out of our vocabulary. We're still using the terms COVID, and now we've got all these variants whether real or imagined, are nothing to lock anybody up about. And then, you know, then we have these forced lockdowns and the COVID prison hotels that people are still being forced to go into. I cannot believe that's still going on. People locked up, you know, against their will in these hotels if they're traveling in and out of the country. Well, that's the thing. is like you can't believe it. I know that you're just being rhetorical. Yeah. Right, that, but, but we can believe it because... You and I are basically students of history as well. A lot of people will not understand that the same Chinese Communist Party headed by Xi Jinping today is the exact same political organization responsible for the deaths of over 60 million Chinese citizens. That same party. They didn't even bother to change their name. (laughs) It was a progression from one dictator to another, from Mao and up to Ping, or, or Xi, it's just like, it's just unfathomable that people don't understand their history, that brutality and evil exist in the world, psychopaths exist, psychopaths are in control, that they can't believe that somebody would actually manipulate a virus for gain of function as a weapon. Yes, they can. Just read a, a history book. And you'll see that the history is replete in the last hundred years with a hundred million deaths at the hands of communists and, and a collectivist ideology. Yeah, they can do this. People, I mean, during um, some of your episodes of Just Right, you were talking about or some of the doctors uh, in the clips that you put on there were saying that they are thinking that this is a depopulation event, that it's deliberate and it's designed to depopulate the planet. And people are going, oh, sure, right, where's your tin hat? They have no idea how evil people can be out there. A hundred million deaths to them is a statistic. Well, that ignorance is one of the quote-unquote benefits of having lived in a free society for so long and then having taken that freedom for granted. I was on a... Um, a Zoom call with some leaders from across the country this morning and one of them just had to be honest and say I think that Canada is in for some very dark days and we all kind of shook our head like the feeling that we have is first of all we don't know how to get Trudeau out Um, Aaron O'Toole has proved to be I mean little more than also one of the Build Back Better buddies we just you know, what is going on? Like, we don't have opposition in this country. People are tweeting about, like, who is the opposition in Canada? It appears the opposition is now the Liberty Coalition, you know, comprised of Derek Sloan, Maxime Bernier, um, uh, Randy Hillier, Michael Teason, you know, these people that are standing against the tyranny and the medical tyranny. You can't trust anybody these days. It, it seems like everyone's a liar. Um, I can't believe it, but I guess Maxime Bernier has been arrested in St. Pierre, Manitoba, 
And I think that he was given a letter stating that he's not allowed to come there and to speak against the protests and to stand up against the tyranny. He's not allowed. I don't know about you, but I thought that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, like, does our Constitution not allow all Canadians? I've read it. All Canadians are allowed to work and to move about freely anywhere in the country that they would like. If you're a Canadian citizen, man, you, we're in the best country in the world, right? Aren't we? Well, it's a little bit more like North Korea every single day, but we still love our Canada, don't we? And last I heard, you're allowed to go places. So I got a call today about my two tickets that I got in Manitoba. Ironically, the guy calls me, wants to know if I'd like to pay a reduced fine now, which is nice. That's interesting, isn't it? They give you a ticket for like 20 some hundred dollars and then they say, would you like to do the reduced fine? Um, so I told the guy, I'm going to fight it. And uh, he said that they would set a court date for me and I would be able to fight that ticket. And then I went on to tell him why. I said, I think it's really ridiculous that I'm not allowed to speak in public where there's zero proof of transmission out in the open. I'm not allowed to speak out in the open in Canada. And all of the evidence and the facts are on my side about this. And he says, well, you don't have to convince me, ma'am. You just got to show up at court. So I'll be either on Zoom or heading over to Manitoba. And I think that Maxime Bernier and others that day who also got tickets at the same time as me will be there. It's going to be busy. The arrest of Maxime now demonstrate that the only political party and the only political leader in this instance that is standing up for the history of Canada, for the values of Canada, the values that founded Canada, the values that we treasure and gave us our identity, is Maxime is the only leader. And, and the others are just running scared of Maxime because they're running scared of the people. Maxime has been out in the front. He is the only political leader. And PPC, we're the only party focused on globalism. This is the Great Reset. In other words, the Great Reset is the great Marxist manifesto, communist manifesto, being recycled into Western democracy. It is not being recycled in China. It has not been recycled in India or Venezuela or Cuba. It is targeted to the advanced democracy of the world. And it is targeted in a manner in which the political parties and the political leaders are all the stooges and puppets of the globalists who are pulling the string. We have to be very clear about this. For the Canadian people, if they haven't awoken to what globalism means, then my dear Canadian, for 15 months, you have been given a dose of globalism. As we go on to the final quarter of our show, Robert, I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention a project that you've just finished, that you've been working on for many, many years. And at the end of May, you finally completed it. And you sent me an email. And I wanted to read part of that for our listeners so that they can know about this and actually w listen to these shows. And you wrote, quote, all known and extant episodes of Left, Right, and Center have now been published on Just Right Media's site. And then you added this very interesting comment. 
I must say that it was a bittersweet experience listening to these programs, sweet in the content and bitter in that such informative, engaging, and honest radio is no longer to be found on the airwaves, Just Right Media being the exception. The final program, number 268, was particularly good as it was an overarching discussion of good and evil, the causes of war, and get this, Robert, and the looming menace of communist China. Contrary to the popular phraseology of good versus evil, I thought I'd switch it around and label it evil versus good, as evil is always the aggressor. And this title better captures that fact, end quote. Brilliantly worded, Robert. You really had me thinking with that. And I have yet to listen to re-listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, let, let me just get into some of the, the some of that project, Bob, because I think our listeners, especially um, if anybody is new to this uh, radio show, uh, may want to be aware that on our website, justrightmedia.org, on the right-hand side, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see LRC. That's left, right, and center. That was the precursor to Just Right. And as a matter of fact, that's how you got your name of the show, Just Right, is because left, right, and center, the left and the center left, that left right. just you, Just Right. <laughs> in, in fact, yeah. in fact, the first episode of Just Right is exactly eight days after that last episode of Left, Right, and Center. Just to remind people, Left, Right, and Center was a project of Jim Chapman, a noted London, Ontario radio personality, who started it on uh, CJBK and ended it on CHRW at the University of Western Ontario, um, the student union there. And when he ended that, and it was a 10-year run of Left, Right, and Center, they asked you, being the only person left of Left, Right, and Center, if you wanted the time slot. And you, of course, accepted and, and the name fell into your lap just right, <laughs> of course. Uh, but just to go over some of the topics, just in these last, um, these last batch that I did, and it was like 14 new episodes of Left, Right, and Center. Now, this is wow. going back to 2006, 2007, but they're timeless because they deal with topics from a philosophic, political point of view that transcends any issue in time. But some of the issues were video game violence, women representation in politics, the Trudeau aristocracy, and this was long before Justin was uh, appointed yeah. as prime minister, um, environmentalism, uh, the uh, responsibility, car insurance and responsibility, the castle doctrine, lying politicians, global warming and the Kyoto Accord. That was, by the way, a, a show that you did all by yourself as host. Um, crime and punishment, why politicians lie, parliamentary decorum, something we certainly don't see today. Television. You did a whole hour on um, television and the, episode, uh, and the TV show Lost. So a lot of it was, some of it was lighthearted. Um, the economic perversions of government, the immorality of minimum wage laws, court inefficiency, the proceeds of crime, are there too many political parties? And finally, uh, show number 268, which aired April 11, 2007, Evil versus Good and the China Menace. Um, these are about 25 minutes long. They're all on our site. And if you do want the direct URL, it's just ratemedia.org slash lrc.htm. So you can go right to that page and listen to them. They're also available on iTunes under left, right, and center. Excellent. And, and you know... In speaking about the whole idea of having these audios available and the whole idea of what what has been 
a different style of radio. It concerns me with what's happening today with all the coming increased censorship laws, Bill C-10 and others, that our show could be shut down overnight. And I see no law or constitutional right that would protect any of us from being arbitrarily locked up and detained in the same way that Maxime Bernier was. Because once they say you can't speak against COVID, you can't speak against any of these things, they could go after anybody. Oh, absolutely correct. We are living in really, really dangerous times for people who are telling the truth out there. But of course, just like Maxime, I mean, we're going to be putting our freedom on the line. Um, the risk is low at the moment, but uh, I think that if the police are acting like they're acting now against Maxime and, and PPC people and, and people who are opposed to the lockdowns and are trying to defend their individual freedoms, then, yeah, it's a bleak future. That's why I said it's a glass-half-empty world. But I always like to keep a little positive, and that's why I, I would direct people to just maybe on your morning commute, pick up a left-right-center episode, listen to it, and um, you know what? The best thing about that show was, Bob, you had on the left Jeff Schlemmer, who was a neighborhood legal lawyer representing the left. But he was on the left. Now, Jim Chapman was supposedly in the center. Now, he was a conservative, big C and small C conservative. But we all know where conservatism lies. You know, it sort of straddles the fence between good and evil. So well, that, that, that's what makes it left. Yes, <laughs> you know, I, I know we had a, we had a retrospective get together once, and I remember telling Jim, I said, you know, when I came on the show, I thought I would be the guy in the center because I saw I thought he was a guy on the right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and the, then I and the then I told him, the I show, said, I'm sorry, Bob, go ahead. No, and then I told him, yeah, you nailed it. I I am on the right, as I discovered after all of that, you know, and clearing up the whole idea of all the labels and everything. Yeah. So he did me a big favor in that regard, and that, that is how this show really evolved. We didn't sit down and invent this show. It evolved out of the events of the day and the time and the history in which we lived. You yeah. know? And, and the thing I'd like people to, to, to direct them to this particular show, Left, Right, and Center, is the fact that you have people on the left and the center and the right, supposedly, right? The labels are labels, all getting along. You were all cordial, you're all friendly, and you would discuss the issues of the day, hot topics, with uh, decorum and civility and grace and style. Something that we see today just can't be done. Can you imagine people like uh, uh, Donald Trump being interviewed on a CNN? Yeah. It, it'll be bloody murder. It'll be nothing but vitriol and hatred and... And that's what we see in today, but Left, Right, and Center was a show of cordiality. It was, it was a joy to listen to. Yeah, people would have heard a sample of that on a couple of past Just Rights that we just did, the one on principles and politics, where Jeff Schlemmer interviewed me for 20 minutes about Freedom Party and how I got involved in politics. And in fact, we also had discussed a previous pandemic in 2006, and we included that in the show. Mm -hmm. And... Before we wrap up here, a couple of things I wanted to get in. The, the whole thing about this pandemic, every so-called form of health advice given by government officials, it, it turns out to me is the exact opposite of what would be healthy. Wearing masks, social distancing, locked indoors, I mean, killing seniors in long-term facilities, the whole terrorism, none of these things are healthy. Every one of them. We've been subject to almost two years of exaggeration of COVID stats while they ignore the vaccine adverse reaction stats. 
It is just stunning. And then there's this whole thing about restricting what can be sold in stores, so-called essential goods. You know, you have one aisle blocked off and another one there with, with kids' clothes and shoes and you're not supposed to buy them or toys. This is purposely trying to disrupt the supply chain. This has nothing to do with COVID. How anybody can look at those things and think that this is COVID and this will help prevent viruses from spreading, you have to be out of your mind to think that. And when we have a listener who took some pictures of many of these situations in the stores, Robert, and she put little descriptions on these pictures of, you know, how silly they were. And she tried to post them to Facebook, and Facebook would not allow them to be even posted. Can you believe that? <laughs> I have seen the pictures. You, you did send them to me already, and uh, it, they, they are quite stark in that one aisle are supposedly essential and the other aisle taped off with what, what, what was a basically police tape that you weren't right. allowed to purchase. The, the, it's just so ludicrous. And I think that, if, like I say, just to go back to historians of 100 years from now, they look back at that, if humanity is still alive 100 years from now, that they will just go out of their minds with laughter. Right. It, it's just absurd. Anything you want to wrap up with? We're rapidly running out of time here. Uh, only that uh, every now and then I do ask for people to consider going to our, our sites, our, our social media sites, YouTube channel, our latest video with Salim um, Mansour on the arrest of Maxime Bernier is there. And um, consider, you know, sharing them, liking them, uh, you know, feed the algorithm, get it out there, tell your friends. And of course, consider a donation because Absolutely. our link is there, a PayPal, just uh, consider it because, you know, this costs us time and money and um, it really helps when uh, you contribute. Absolutely. And my final point would be, again, coming back to the name of our show and the, the accusations you pointed to earlier when they called the, the Justice Center a right-wing group and all this stuff. I would recommend people revisit our show 696, March 4th, 2021, the importance of being right and not being ashamed of it. We have to roll with that. For those who support freedom, failing to take pride in being labeled right not only deprives you of a political identity, but it allows the left to turn that label of right into a weapon against the very values that the right represents. This is devastating. I, you know, in the game of politics, it's define or be defined. And if, you, and if we on the right reject the right-wing label, then what the hell are we? What are we? Left? There's only two ways to turn, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it comes back to we're in the polarized waters of left and right. And if you don't have a working political compass, we'll never move in the right direction because that's what we will continue to do as we invite our listeners to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. To black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright I have a website, it's bradupton.com No reason I tell you, I don't feel the need to put the www there Do we need to hear that on websites? www, they're all www What's that short for, by the way? Worldwide right, World Wide Web has three syllables www has nine <laughs> <laughs> It's not short for anything That's what I'm trying to tell you